enunciate. Yeah, just be articulate. Project. Be articulate. Does enunciate. that have to be said? Like, uh, yeah, because usually I talk like this. Normally slur. I usually mumble pretty good. Project, but don't make projections because we don't want to get shot at. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good, Sean. <laughs> what? He said project, but don't make it's projections. Like what your mind is doing because it was like dream. a it was like a connection oh. to the movie that we might be reviewing. <laughs> Deep, dude. I got cold opens all day. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Great, let it lie. That's my policy. Bye. Doc, you don't just walk into a store and and buy plutonium. I'm sorry, Dave. It's an animal thing. Ma'am, I'm sorry to have to tell you your son is watching check. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith. Thank you for joining us today. We got a very special uh, surprise for you this weekend. Uh... But first, before I discuss the the surprise, we will uh, we will do as we typically do and introduce my esteemed guest host, the grand poppy of podcasting, the one and only <laughs> Sean Mackey. Sean, what's Ooh. up? You know I'm a Red Sox fan, so I appreciate that big poppy reference. Just for you, I came up with it just now off the off the dome, dog. <laughs> If we'll ever have baseball back. Just spitting bars off the dome. <laughs> Dude, I'm ready. I'm pumped. Let's go. 11.16 p.m. Let's go. As you can see, Sean, Sean really comes alive after 11 o'clock. <laughs> what time do you have to be up again tomorrow, Sean? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Might as well not The train leave. is leaving the station. <laughs> You hear him laughing over there. That's right. That's part of the treat. Live in the flesh in the same room as me. The one and only Rudy Rudolph. Dude, it's weird being here in person, live. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish Sean was here. Making um, all this eye contact. All this weird eye contact. I could smell your breath. I could see your Birkenstocks. Um, I just want to take a moment to read. What condition are they in? They're in uh they're like I would say seventy percent used. They have about okay. a couple you know, if 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 they're, they're few years three old. more years, they're few years left, old, but they're in good condition. According to Sam's uh longevity. Yeah, and he's wearing socks, which is uh a good look. Um just I just wanted to start a little differently by reading some ratings from our esteemed guests, from our esteemed fans. Uh, quickly, uh Burke nineteen eighty nine on Apple Podcasts. This is an entertaining podcast. Five stars, two <laughs> thumbs up. And then... Chester Burke, 1989. Goose Hunter Unlimited, another esteemed fan. Uh, on a scale from one to ten, this podcast is a 12. So, you know, I think we're doing a... That's that's a deep reference. Was that a Boston Globe uh, beat writer? I think so. I think so. Yeah, think the podcast so. editor for the New York I remember, Times. I remember that guy. We're, tr- <laughs> we're trending upwards, boys. Well, moving on. We're still not through introductions. That's right. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We got special guests in the house tonight. We didn't even advertise this. Air horn, air horn. In their house. Hit the hype horn. Yeah, in their house. Right now, we're in one of their houses. He's one of the two two guests we have right now. One of the two baddest boys in business. That's right. (laughs) Levi Smith. Levi, what's going on? Not much. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the show. I did not expect to be back so soon, but I'm excited to be (laughs) 
It's a little plot twist. Little plot twist. I don't hate it though. No, I love it. Sitting next to him, to his right, to my Ooh. left. What? Another bad boy of business. <laughs> <laughs> Making his loose concept debut. Making his loose concept de- debut. Another Smith. My brother, Micah Smith. How's it going, the Micah? Fourth. Welcome to the, the podcast. Fourth, not the fourth. It's exciting to be here. I didn't think I'd be here so soon. We had talked about picking a movie, but I thought that was like a couple months down the road. So this is <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure I was invited to be on this podcast after it was scheduled to have started. <laughs> so just a little perspective yeah. for you listeners at home. That's about how the night we, we how the night's going in. right now. Set the bar real high. <laughs> I think this is a, uh, a new record in terms of podcasters on one podcast. Yeah. Five people on one <laughs> podcast. <laughs> You don't. You just don't see that. No, you no don't. one's doing this. Nobody Crap in history has ever done a five-person podcast before. <laughs> Zero honest, of them are qualified. To I wonder why. <laughs> it's going to be an absolute nightmare to mix. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm already sweating bullets just thinking about it. That Shout Monday, out to the interns. That Monday deadline, man. <laughs> Dude, I was plans. up till I was up till like four in the morning last Sunday night. <laughs> I mean, the intern. The interns were up till four in the morning last Sunday night. When we say interns, it's really just Elijah burning a midnight oil. <laughs> Can't wait till grad school starts up. Send, send him some care packages, y'all. <laughs> That's right. Please find his Amazon wish list. Let's get him. No, but uh, let's get him happy. Given all the guests we have tonight, we're just gonna you know get right into it. Jump right into it. Starting off with some movie news. And it's really apropos, this is sort of a little bit of a Christopher Nolan-centric episode we got going here, but uh, biggest biggest news break of the week in movie terms of movie news was that Tenet, once again, delayed, pushed back to the middle of August, middle of August release date. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it again. Yeah, I think we should just have a new segment on the podcast called, <laughs> When is Tenet Pushed Back to This Week? <laughs> I think the last three weeks now we've we've had to discuss Tenet being pushed back. Is there any possible world where like they actually reveal after pushing it back continuously that it was already released like months ago because it's like a tenant like, oh, we could pull back the future. It's all like, part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. You're actually no catching would do the that. movie. I'd be that wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Nolan somehow pulled that off. <clears throat> No, there'd be too much money to lose. Too much money on the table, yeah. That's <laughs> one of the, you know, bad boys of business. <laughs> That's bad business right there. It's not good business. <laughs> it's not good business to release a movie without telling anyone. Is that right? <laughs> true. True. I'm, I'm new at this, but that's that's what my sources are telling me. <laughs> see? Oh, see? He's, Ooh, not, he's already he's integrated in the sources. He knows. He knows. I'd be surprised. I'm set, if I set the over-under for, for the, I guess it would be a sooner or later, for Tenet at August 31st. Are you saying it comes out before then or after then? Sooner. After. After, way after. I'll leave it saying I'm after. I'm saying late September we'll see it. Ooh. Ooh. Sean, you say sooner? Sooner than August 31st? Yeah. Yeah. Optimistic. Uh, an optimist. I think there's two windows. It's either this summer or I think it's Christmas. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Thanksgiving, Christmas window, right? So basically, Levi, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, but what date What date is he going to drop it on that's symmetrical in December? 12-12? Uh, <laughs> Too much math. I don't know. That's... It doesn't work. 10-10? 
It could be one o one o. The first. Oh no. Uh, was it the eleven eleven? Was it originally supposed to drop it on symmetrical? So it was originally supposed to drop on seven seventeen, which is like seven seven. It's not really symmetrical. It's seven seventeen yeah. twenty. Twelve twelve. You could do twelve twelve. Eight eighteen. Drop still it on at the midnight. Twelve twelve. That's 12, the case. Twelve twelve eleven eleven. If he was really thinking about it, he would have done February second. O two o two twenty two o. O two O two two O. That would have been the best move. We've probably just now thought about th- thought about this more than Christopher Nolan has actually thought about the release date <laughs> of his movie. So generally, we're thinking the, thinking the uh, the over on August thirty first. Micah, you didn't weigh in. <laughs> I'm trying to have it both ways and say classic Micah. <laughs> I'm sure typical Micah routine. Never take. I a think. Stance. I think you got to factor in. You know, is there a second wave, and does the second wave come in the fall? And then we, you know, and then if the vaccine kicks in, you know, maybe that Christmas time window makes more. We sense. generally avoided discussing the epidemiology of coronavirus, so as to uh, hopefully not sound like idiots sometime in the future. Wait, Mikey just ripped his mask off, and it's actually Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Thanks Fauci. for joining us. <laughs> What a surprise. If I could do imitations, I would do one right now. <laughs> do we need to note that we're not doctors? Yes. Yeah. Nobody on <laughs> yes. this podcast is a doctor yet. All I could say is I'm really excited to see Tenet, and if there was a possibility where we could all see it together in the movie theater mm-hmm. during one particular weekend in August, <laughs> I'd be all about that. Yeah, and I just want the record to show that, you know, someday if I run for president, like, don't dig this up and say I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this guy should not be president. So he picked the wrong, the wrong. He predicted the failed wrong to, coronavirus response. Yeah. I don't know. Stick to movies. No more politics. Yeah. <laughs> That's as political as we want to get over Stick here. Loose concepts. <laughs> um, Cut it out. Edit it out. Right. That's what we always say. Oh get yeah. We'll, we'll take that out. Don't Thanks. worry. It'll get out. Well, let's transition into the uh, next segment that we only do when we have guests. That's right. We're talking constructive criticism. Turn the pot over to the bad boys of business. You guys have any, as bad boys of business, do you have any constructive criticism for things that we as a podcast could be doing to enhance our business? It's not really a business. Our enterprise. I guess that's the first thing is you guys don't make money. Yeah, How do we make money? Levi, cut off a little bit, caught off guard here. <laughs> I was gonna say, really under the gun, man. Am I a bad boy now? This segment has been wildly successful. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Constructive criticism. How can we make the pod better? We're just really trying to, you know, keep succeeding. We have millions of listeners every episode, so. What can we do to get to billions, I guess? Do you want to get to billions, or do you just want to get to 100 people who are willing to pay $100 per episode? 1,000 dedicated fans. I saw that article. No, that's the question. Yeah. No, we're just trying to get that uh, Joe Rogan money, really, is what it boils down to. I'm having a hard time not making political statements. <laughs> do, you any, do you have any cricket, cricket noises? I feel like... Thinking the bad boys of business aren't really that much of bad, business bad boys. <laughs> I think uh, the content sphere isn't really our, our specialty. I would I would agree. Um, 
you know, just I, I'd say ultimately, you know, my advice to you guys is just, you know, believe in yourself mm. and, uh, you know, just follow your dreams. Mm. Well, beautiful. I, I don't know what I don't know what that looks like, but uh, thank thank you, thank you. thank you for that. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> This has been awesome. Hey, Rudy, that was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst constructive criticism (laughs) we've ever gotten. (laughs) (laughs) They should have just told us our takes suck. (laughs) We were raised to be polite and to come on, to be welcomed onto a podcast and to be asked to immediately start ripping the podcast. people. Smart man, he wants to come back. That's that's the voice of a man who wants to come back. <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate you don't, that. You don't get to become the first recurring guest on accident. True. That's true. Ooh, that is, that is, I didn't even think about that. It's an esteemed position to be in. First recurring guest. I'm just king of the first right now. <laughs> a few more episodes and you'll be uh, taking Sean's spot. <laughs> hey, don't kick hey. me out yet. <laughs> we'll wait to, wait to hear your... Uh, your takes about this feature film of the week. Yeah, isn't Sean be one of the bad boys of business? Like, isn't he the founding member of that? Yeah, but he's on the podcast. I, I called him the, I called I've, him the big poppy of podcasting. <laughs> you can't be the big poppy of podcasting and be a bad boy of business. Well, I was thinking it's more big like a Venn diagram. <laughs> I feel bad I didn't give Rudy a... a I was just going to ask you, but I felt dumb asking because like, it'll be like, oh, I wasn't listening. But no, you didn't give me one. <laughs> Not cool, man. I was, I was Save dr- it for next time. Yeah. Give me a really good one damage next time. Damage control. Though. Yeah, I'll put that in damage control for this episode. Damage control. I forgot to give Rudy a title. Um, word. Anyway, feature film of the week. Things about that time. Are we going there? Oh, we're going there. We're going there already? We're going straight there, bro. Was there no damage control for last week? I think we hit it out of the park last week. Last week, okay, I started reading reviews. I'm going to read another quick comment from one of our our most uh, beloved listener. (laughs) CBR underscore NY. That's right. My own flesh and blood, Uncle Christian. Uncle Christian. Great. (laughs) Second shout out to Uncle Christian. Second shout out to Uncle Christian. Great job, boys. Best show to date, he said, on the last episode. That's with uh, our good friend Sam Eisbrenner. And actually, um, we've just been... The phone's been ringing off the hook with uh, rave reviews. And and sponsorship deals. That's a constructive criticism that we're awesome, and we should keep doing what we're doing. I mean, that's not really even a criticism. It's just (laughs) constructivism. Constructivism. (laughs) That's definitely a thing, isn't it? Constructivism. Like I think uh, being thing. in person leads to us getting going Way on loopier. more tangents. Yeah, I know. There's more tangents, I think. <laughs> It'll anyway, cut out though. Yeah, yeah that's we'll right. trim it down. This will we'll be a half hour out. episode. Where were we? Oh yes, our feature film movie. of the week. Sean, what's our feature film of the week? Introduce it for us. Our feature film, and I emphasize the film. Who is Inception? <sighs> Inception. Levi's watching it right now as we speak. (laughs) That's the real Inception. Are you watching it? Are you watching it at three times speed? Because it's two and a half hours long. (laughs) That's how long the podcast is going to be. How long this podcast is? We won't. We don't end until this is over. (laughs) We're breaking. That's how Joe Rogan got that money. He he just recorded Joe Joe Rogan length podcast. Maybe that should have been our advice. More is better. Longer is better. (laughs) I could give you some advice that actually gave me. 
um, which was please make your podcast shorter because it's <laughs> too long. <laughs> but I don't know. Sorry, Ashley. We can't contain this incredible content into any shorter of a span exactly. of time. Yeah, don't complain to this too much. It's like the same thing as like I said about the uh, whole Avengers uh MCU. Mm. Don't complain that there's too many episodes you're not willing to put in the work <laughs> to get all the content, suck all the content out of it. You know, you gotta, if you don't want it, don't, don't try and, you gotta uh, give the root content, for everyone else. Give the content room to breathe. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this feature film. Ooh. What's the most resilient parasite? An idea. A single idea from the human mind can build cities. An idea can transform the world and rewrite all the rules. Never recreate from your memory. Always imagine new places. He's hiding something and we need to find out what that is. We gotta break out of here. Give him the kick! This was not a part of the plan! Wake me up! Wake me up! <laughs> What'd you say? It's a double intro music. That's like, well, there it's in the it's in the transition segment. Well, I thought we transitioned and then whatever. No, that that, that discussion all, we just had that whole discussion was pre-intro. Yeah. Beautiful, love it. Okay, <laughs> glad this will all be cut out. Hopefully, you just gotta see the vision, man. Just see the vision. Business, business. Sean, you awake still? I'm awake. Okay, dude. good. Are you, are you amped up and ready to talk about Inception? Oh, yeah. Let's go. On the most Chris Nolan-heavy episode of Lose Concept to date. But... Fired up. Is it? <laughs> or is this? Is this Lose Concept? <laughs> time was moving backwards, forwards. Uh, Did we already record this podcast? <laughs> Stop it right now, you. If... Just a tip to all our listeners. I'm if, you, if you listen to this podcast in reverse, there's actually a second podcast that you can hear. <laughs> yes, it's a white album. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's let's get into this movie. Into the meat and the potatoes of the podcast. Chip, chop, chip. <laughs> <laughs> chip, chop, chip. Uh, oh, chip, chop, chip. <laughs> It's getting loopy, baby. We're loose here. <laughs> it's late. It's late, boys. <laughs> loose concept after dark. Into uh, the night. If I say chip, chop, chip, I'll have uh, Rudy on the floor rolling for <laughs> at least five minutes. Three little words. <laughs> Guaranteed to make Rudy laugh. Sorry. No, for real. We got to start talking about this movie. We're losing <laughs> listeners by the second. This is not good. Our Indian listeners who don't know us and don't care about our banter only want to hear us break down the movie. <laughs> the Indian listeners are very serious. Yeah, same goes with the our homies over in Turkey. Yes. Ugh. Rudy, lead off. Let, get us started. Get us rolling here. Start it off. Yeah. What's Chris the, Nolan. As we, as we know, we start off with best best thing about the movie. Rudy, our lead off hitter. What's the best thing about this movie? Best thing about this movie, I think, in my humble opinion, is the story. The whole way 
that Chris Nolan created this world and created this idea of Inception. And right off the bat, it has so many questions, right? You, uh, well, how does like, how do you stay in a dream long enough? How is there clarity? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all these different questions. And I feel this, the movie does a really good job of answering these questions. And, and it's one of those movies where the more you watch it, the more times you watch it on the rewatch, the more you understand, the more, you know, clarity you have. And I think it just fits. I think it does it, you know, it's just tight and it's, it's tight in that it's all connected and well put together. And it's tight in that it's cool and a good concept. Literally and figuratively. Yes. I think are the words you're looking for. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the best thing. Huh. Gotcha. Sean. Best thing about the movie? I would say the best thing, besides the story, because it is incredible, original, is just the all-star ensemble cast. I mean, if you look at these names, we got Tom Hardy, kind of before he got famous, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, uh, Elijah's favorite actor of all time, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep, his boy. <laughs> Michael Caine's just thrown. I was just gonna say Nick there, Cage isn't in this you know. movie. <laughs> but stay tuned for recast or all. Oh no, you can't do that, man. <laughs> it was tempting. It was right there. <laughs> it was so close. No, just yeah, kidding. I just love the. I love the cast. I think it, they all just work perfectly together. But yeah, also agree with Rudy. The story is just incredible. the The fact that he's just invented this mind world dream world is insane dream boy start calling all Chris these different dream boy. roles that he set up <laughs> i was reading about it i guess it's take it took him nine years to, to kind of develop nine the, years the storyline which i think just goes to show you how much he really um invests in a story it's one of those things too that's wild is because like he's good at like there's movie writers right and mm-hmm. there's like movie people who come up with the concepts for movies. And then there's yeah. directors for movie, and he's doing both. Both. And it's turned it turned out this well, which is usually when people are doing multiple things at once, they uh, don't turn out so well. As you can can hear with me uh, producing and uh, hosting this podcast, <laughs> producing and directing. <laughs> yeah, I think it just goes to show you how much of a talent he is when he's able to kind of have his hats in all those different areas. And I think he wasn't he an executive. I mean, a lot of these directors are executive producers, but he's very involved, and it shows. Mike and Levi, I know you guys were thrust into this podcast last minute, but got a best or worst? Yeah, I got a best, and this is uh, easy for me. The best thing about this movie is the set pieces. Ooh. The scenes are amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. You talk about the hotel scene, we're mm-hmm. doing that. You talk about the snow uh, yes. base scene, Love the whole scene. scene. Where like uh, the beginning interesting in the dream with that Japanese type thing with mm-hmm. the light bulbs and the ceiling are pretty sweet. Oh yeah. And then like the market even, exploding. Yeah, the South African. I think it's South African. The, like the market area, in France or one of yeah. those exotic places. Yeah. And then like even when they're like in like his like Cobb's dream world falling apart, it just like all looks amazing. Yeah. And it just looks yeah. bigger than life and spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Production value, Micah. It. You have the best. I think the best part of this movie is that it gives everyone like 
a credible answer to what's your favorite movie, and people can just throw it out there. Oh, Inception, and everyone just buys it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, no, that's, that's a good one. That is that such a good sense. point. That's there are good. so many people that do that. I it's know like because it's just like it's just serious enough to like. Oh, that's a that's a film, yeah. but it's also like popcorn enough to be like, oh, I've seen that. That was a fun movie. So I think it really kind of like hits both of those points really well, and it's just like a good good movie Dang. Checks all the boxes. i love that answer C- cinema <laughs> yet blockbuster yeah. i love that answer i was talking to levi about this earlier but the best thing about it is like i just, even watching the movie again today i've seen this movie i don't know nine different times and it's still like my brain is still thinking about it while i watch the movie like and you still it still forces you to pay attention to it and follow it along with it so yeah i agree 100 percent on that level but um i think the best thing and simultaneously, the worst thing about this movie is Ken Watanabe, who plays Saito. Mm. He's an incredible actor. He's incredible in the role. I think he does a great job. Totally, you know, fits the role of like multi-billionaire business guy. At the same time, flipping it into worst things, which is the next segment. <laughs> he's difficult to understand at portions. And Christopher Nolan uses him in certain spots as like a... Uh, exposition for exposition and so you miss like whole parts of the story because you can't exactly understand what he's saying because the accent is very heavy subtitles man but he needs the accent in order to play the role so it's like two conflicting things that are best and worst but i his performance in this movie top notch so i guess that's sort of going off of casting like sean was saying i mean the tom hardy the the sort of introduction to tom hardy as well as also would be a best but yeah, there were some scenes today where I was watching it. I was really trying to pay attention to the story today and how it, you know, the levels and all that, all that stuff. But um, there were scenes where, uh, yeah, Ken Watanabe was doing exposition and just was losing track and couldn't really had to had to rewind at some parts. But uh, he also he also has one of the best lines in the movie, which is where they're talking about how they're gonna get. Um, where they're talking about how they're going to get Robert Fisher on the plane, and they're like, "Oh, we could have the, his plane break down or whatever." You got to buy off the, the flight attendant. Yeah, and he oh, looks over. He's like, pilot, "Pilot, I just bought the airline. <laughs> <laughs> seemed e- seemed easier <laughs> or seemed cleaner." Yeah. Just incredible, Boss. incredible, like rich guy line. I loved it. But um, yeah, but also that's my worst. So transition into worst, going back around. Micah, what do you think is the worst part about the movie? Well. Maybe I'm picking nits here, but uh, having that, that's a uh, can't say that that's our competitors' IP. Sorry, um, the uh, Sato's business strategy is to hack somebody else's dreams to get their person to break up a company. Like you, you bought an airline. Maybe that's not a great fiscal decision. Number one, like, <laughs> trying to make a comeback here for the bad boys of business. Yes. But you bought an airline, which is a terrible business to be in, and now you're hiring criminals to convince a son who doesn't seem particularly sharp anyway to break up your competitor. Like you're probably better. You can just wait it out. You'll probably beat this guy. He's not that bright, you know. It's a that's, good that's just kind of where that. like he just got inceptioned. How smart could he be? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like just, Robert Fisher's an idiot. <laughs> like, if that's your competitor, I think you can outsmart him. Well, what was the point? Like, not to, not to just like try to have an answer for every point because I think you're right there. Wasn't the point that like Ken Watabi was saying that like he's already so big that 
just the momentum alone is going to carry him. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. But like you know, the the whole I think it's like supposed to be some sort of like mega business. The like fear it's not wasn't. Oil, it's not the fear wasn't Robert Fisher. The fear was that other guy, Tom Berninger's character. Yeah. Being the like the being, puppet master yeah. behind Robert Fisher and just keeping the whole thing rolling and becoming that monopoly. The company monopoly. being unified was the problem, not yeah. the guy, not Robert Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's a good. I think I that's a know. good worst. Mediocre management, yeah. you can beat it. I think the, the point about <laughs> the point about buying into airlines is a great, uh, yeah. great point. <laughs> Levi, any other business 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 hot takes about what's not not making sense in this movie um not really i i I have some uh flaws with um cobb's uh inception or uh deception kind of strategies i mean we see him do it twice and he does the same thing twice he does a dream within a dream and tells a person that they're like that pretty much explains to the person how to like that like what he can do and how he can steal stuff information so is he really the best if he does that same strategy twice that's why he is the best yeah they talk about how uh when what's his name mr mr charles mr charles they talk about how it didn't work that one time but now it works and it worked the second time so i don't know but yeah i think that's a good point (laughs) it's like that's a that's a great point that like leo leonardo dicaprio He's he's seriously flawed. Like he is not. He's probably not the best guy out there. He's probably not in the top ten of best like Inception. <laughs> but he said he there. does make the claim early on that he's the best. I said he's kind of like a mad scientist. I think the fact that he was experimenting basically with Maul about planning the dream and they're like messing around in this dream state. I think he kind of sad to say it, but got what he deserved. He's, by. Ju- he's just winging a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really felt like the, that. Flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all the greats do. Sean, what do you think was the worst part? So, I sort of hit it, but it's not necessarily the worst part, but it's like the f- most frustrating part, I think, in the movie is kind of the mall scenes of him... You know, I think the first time you watch this movie or someone watches it for the first time with you, um, trying to explain, you know, by the end of the movie, you're able to um, process sort of what the whole scheme is and why she's kind of stuck in this limbo state. But I think it can kind of divert maybe a first or second time viewer on like, we need to figure out that relationship when I think it can kind of distract away from the actual maybe main storyline. Um, so yeah, mm. it is kind of like, what is the main, yeah. Which, which is the main story here is the story Dom and, and mall, or is it, uh, you know, Dom trying to go in and incept Robert Fisher. Like there's yeah. two competing storylines here. That kind of intersect a lot, yeah. And I don't understand the naming of her Maul. Like, she's clearly named after Darth Maul. Yeah, it just was such a strange. I don't know. It almost sounds like he, uh, Leo's saying Ma. <laughs> Ma. So, yeah. Hey, Ma. So like Ma. Pa. Mallory. Like Isn't Ma that the Mal? That's Mallory. what I think. It's Mallory, but he just says Ma. Mal. Like Leo has such a bad accent that it's. Mall. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought it was mod, like mod, mod, mod. Pizza. 
Yeah, it's like when I when I when I take a break from this movie for like three or four years, I always come back. I'm like, what is her name? And I have to like look it up. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> saying Maul. So um, yeah, that's she's a, a great actress. That's a good and point. Plays the role really well, but sometimes I feel like you get stuck in that where it'll you'll stay in that scene, and then when it switches back to their, you know main plot line you're still thinking of what just happened <laughs> yeah um so anyway i think those t- those uh moments can maybe drag the movie down quick side bit. note really weird choice of them in limbo to build all their houses like across the street from their other houses wasn't that bizarre it's like we're gonna have a neighborhood but it's of all houses <laughs> that we lived in and no other yeah. houses I, I, I were there other people were they the and, only and two why people? would they build such a depressing world like it's just skyscrapers and concrete yeah why was there no why did their subconscious not fill out any people yeah i don't know oh we're getting too far ahead of ourselves into miscellaneous questions but rudy what do you got for worst part of the movie so yeah like you elijah my worst part is or is based loosely off my best part which is the fact that there's so much (laughs) going on the story is so great there's so much to develop but it, it, what happens is you don't really get to know the characters really well at all. So the characters are so busy explaining like, oh, well, you have to go into the Inception, and when you go into the Inception, every minute is like 10 minutes, and then, oh, yeah, like once you go into the Inception, like if you yeah. die here, you actually, you know, you won't come back. And it's like, rather than that, it's like, you, because of that, you don't get to know like Tom Hardy, who's who his character is, and like, you know, he's, like, got this background, but you don't know anything about it. Same goes for Yusef. Same goes for, you know, Leo. It's, like, th- there's not a lot of character development. So they sacrifice character development, I think, for the storyline, which I think works, but yeah. I would have liked to see a little more of it. There's a lot of describing how the world works yes. and how things happen and where the history of how they came up with this dream-sharing tech. And it's just, like, a lot of explaining and not a lot of, you know, not as much... Yeah, I guess character development. Yeah. Yep. But he, I mean, at the same time, he does do a good job of like, you, I think you do get a good impression of like who each of the characters is. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, like you know who that guy is. Or same with Tom Hardy's, like you know he's like. But how do you get there? The, how'd they get there? How do they know each other? Yeah. You know, a little like, more background would have been nice. Yeah. You want a prequel. I do want a prequel. Or speaking of which, let's transition into Cut a scene, add a scene. Yes, speak my language. See, when we're in the same room, the body language the vibes, speaks. 90%, the 90% of communication is body language. And we're just talking about how we need to transition so that I could make my changes. Yeah. Well, Mike has a new guest, so you know that means we have to explain yes. to him how a oh, cut a scene, add a scene works. Uh, <laughs> basically, you. it's that's helpful. in the movie, movies are made up of scenes. And what we do in cut a scene, add a scene, is we take one of those scenes and we cut it out if we don't like <laughs> it. And then we Just cut it out, like delete it almost, Micah? Yeah, exactly. Oh like, pretend it's not even there. And then we come up with a new scene just in our head that we would shoot if we were the director and we put that scene in the, to the movie instead all right i think i got it. hence the ad yeah that's the add a scene part so you cut a scene then you add a scene should i show them how it's done yeah why don't you why don't you lead off so as i was saying complicated first to cut a scene uh we we've talked this is a recurring theme on loose concept the beginning of the movie which gives away the end of the movie where like Mm. he shows up on the beach and he he gets to 
Sioto, Sioto, Sato, 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 and it's like he's old and Saito. I, it's not like a huge every character. Every character in the movie pronounces that name differently. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know it doesn't need to be there though, and you can cut that out. So cutting cutting that scene. Well, why you don't like that decision? I just think this is like a one instance where it works because it just throws you right into the movie and you're like, you have no idea what is going on. You just know he's like washing up on a beach. And so it like it sort of works to disorient you and get like get you back on your heels before the movie even starts, which I think makes the rest of the movie more interesting because then you're you're watching it with that like scene sort of in the back of your head and you're like but wait how does he end up being an old man like and it just makes the whole thing see and especially once they go right into the scene then where they're in his like palace or whatever they like just in his dream yeah it's especially like disorienting because you're like oh well is that the past or the future and it's like what's going on here i guess but it's a christopher nolan movie there's not a whole lot there's not a whole lot to cut so that's what i'm cutting in its place Like I said, I want more, some more character development. So maybe we have a scene where you have Tom Hardy's talk about, oh, remember that job we pulled off in Florence and 10 years ago, and it's him and Yusef and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they're talking about where they come from. And There's it's a like flashback. A scene of, yeah, a flashback of them doing some cool heist or some cool Inception-related caper where there's a little bit more explanation about who they are. You get to know them a little bit better. And yeah. More Tom Hardy. He needs more Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll never disagree with that. <clears throat> Sean, do you have one? Cut a scene, add a scene. So, my add a scene. Oh, we're adding before we cut. Oh, are we doing cut first? <laughs> well, usually we take a part out of the movie so we can put another part into this. <laughs> it's okay. confusing. Sorry. It's a complicated a segment. I understand. <laughs> cut a scene. I'm taking out, um, I think it's Saito. Um, but he, I know that he needs to die for them to go, you know, back into limbo, but I feel like his character gets taken out so early in the movie and then he's just kind of like a, like a limp. Yeah. They're, um, they're carrying him around. Yeah. They're just carrying him around the rest of the movie, which I feel like it would be really helpful for him to be more involved. Um, that's why Tom Hardy says there's no room for tourists. I'm taking out sort of his suffering scenes of just like going throughout the levels. I'm just dragging him along because I think it can kind of just be like, oh, yeah, he's here and he's about to die. And I know it probably adds another another level of urgency. Um, and Nolan loves like time frames and like a clock ticking. Um, so I probably understand why he did that, but I think it can sometimes, um, reduce his role, which I think he's a good character. Um, and then I'm adding similar to Rudy. I I want some more of like the assembling the crew, the, the ensemble, get the team together, Um, seeing like their skills in action. Oh, I didn't Um, want to be, we see, we see the architect a lot. Um, but just would love to see more of that. Maybe, you know, that would come out in a prequel. But Love a good get the team together montage. Yeah. That's two of my favorite exactly. things right there. You're speaking my language. <laughs> Getting the crew together and montages. 
business bad boys, do you guys have any thoughts? I'm I'm really struggling to come up with a scene to cut. I think it's pretty tight. Maybe a little less snow based scene. Yeah. Cut that a couple minutes. Um I'm not sure what I'd had either. I think it's a very tight movie. You know? Yeah. It's pretty compact. It's like a sweater, a well-knit sweater. You start pulling a string out, there's another string that comes with it, and pretty soon there's no sweater left. You got to keep all the, the strings on the sweater. Mike, you're shaking your head. You disagree. What are, what are you I just think where you got that reference from, that analogy from. I think... I'm cutting out some of the mall stuff. I think that's mm. just a bit of a downer. Like yeah. they're trying to make it emotionally charged, but isn't you know a father getting back to his kids kind of enough of that? I yeah. feel like I'm yeah. more interested in like maybe seeing more Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt interactions. Like those are kind of fun to see, and like I don't know, just more of like heist movie and less like the whole marriage. Yeah, movie. the whole mall storyline. It should have been condensed down into just the reason why he couldn't get out, couldn't get back to his family. States. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain? Can someone explain to me the scene, like the whole point of her being locked in the basement of his subconscious? Like, yeah, I, I still really don't get, get that. that. Like, she's following him around every time he goes into a dream, whether it's his dream or somebody else's dream. Mal is there following him around, trying to disrupt whatever he's doing. What is the point of him having her locked? And like, how is she locked away when she's on the other levels? Like, it just—that's the one. That's the. Thing I that don't really think she sense. was locked away. I think it was just a memory that he was holding on to. It was like in the basement. Yeah, locked. but it's like just like. Is a dream world that he created that he could access yeah. as he wanted. Her. Yeah. He yeah. is holding on. Um, she was still alive in it. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like he's like, try not to think about Maul. And when you try not to think about Maul, you like, obviously oh, you think, think about, about yeah. Maul. Yeah. Like Joseph Gordon Slevitt says the thing about elephants. Yeah. That's a good point. You just can't stop thinking about it. That makes sense. Yeah, I agree. That, that right. whole. So, I mean, they've already been mentioned before. My kind of scene was a little bit from the mall stuff and then also a little bit from the snow. I thought some of the skiing stuff is a little, like, <laughs> it gets a little cheesy. It's, like, a little, a little James Bondy. No, I loved everything. Yeah, bit. yeah, it's a little bit like Roger Moore, James Bondy, like, you know, skiing and shooting guns at the same time and throwing grenades and stuff. And there's an avalanche, too, and it's just like, eh, okay, this take me, takes you out of it a little bit. But, um... For my oh, for my Addison, so I'm cutting out some skiing. But for my Addison, what I want to do is I want to I want some more flashbacks, and I want flashbacks kind of like with what you're saying. I want flashbacks to some of these older jobs. I want flashbacks where you know it's it's Leo and Joseph Gordon-Levitt working on a job. You know, the first time they tried Mr. Charles and it didn't work out, mm-hmm. or maybe how he met Eames or something like that. So he Eames references a job, I think, in, at some point. But just some flashbacks to some of those older jobs I think would be more interesting than, you know, endless scenes cutting to his relationship with Maul that are just like a snooze fest, you know? Agreed. So that's that's probably be my biggest... Um, I think it's funny. Uh, we all want to cut all the a lot of the personal relationship stuff. <laughs> put more put more business stuff in there. <laughs> Show us more about his business. No, it's not just the per. I mean, we just want more bros, more bro time. That's really what it comes down I also to. Want to see more about stuff. his like interview process. He kind of just like she draws a maze, and he's like, <laughs> "You interviewed one person. Like, what kind of process is this?" But Michael Caine said she was the best. I guess is Michael Caine his dad. 
Oh, it's his, his father-in-law. Father-in-law. Oh, so it's Maul's father. How is how is how is he taking care of the children? But then uh, Cobb is not allowed to go back to the United States. So how is he teaching in, in another country, but then also taking care of the children? Makes no sense. I had that exact same point in my miscellaneous question. Separated from his wife, who actually watches the. Yeah, the but Dom gives him kids. a bag of stuff to take to the kids. Like he's just driving there after yeah, work. I didn't yeah, know I'm just if maybe flying he, back to I America mean, after this. You know, maybe I just missed that Cobb was allowed in America for a second or something. Yeah. Do professors go on loan like soccer? Maybe. Maybe it was like a semester abroad. <laughs> <laughs> you give us a professor, we'll give you one of ours. <laughs> also, he has a British accent and his daughter has a French accent. How's that happen? I guess if They're she's raised in Paris, family. maybe she would have That explains friend. the whole separation. The parents are clearly separated. The, his, I think that's the thing. Michael kids Kane, in America? Michael Caine isn't watching the family. He He's just able to go to the kids when he wants to. So his wife, so when is, Dom his brings his wife stuff, is in America watching yeah, the family. Yeah, his ex-wife, probably. But this is dumb. This is like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares what happened with Michael Caine? This is the most interesting matter. part of the movie, the family the, dynamic. There's, a, there's like other things to break down that are more important than who, like the family dynamics of Luke's concept for this. Uh, well, fine. Let's get so into it. we vacation. Let's get into it. Recast a role. Rudy, what role are you recasting? Wait, can you explain this first? Okay, this is where you put on your casting director uh, hat. Oh, Micah. Put the cap on. You're now the casting director. You pick an actor in the movie. Pull them out, and you can replace them with any actor you want. Okay, cool. Or actress. Or actress. Which is my recast role. Are you swapping Leo out for an actress, making that role for you? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Um, Ellen Page. Like Juno. <laughs> Juno was okay. We all made the same exact face and noise when he mentioned Ellen Page. Not a huge fan. I think... She's fine. She's not like it's not like she's so like stands out as being awful in this movie. She's okay. Yeah, she's a nothing. She's a nothing. I think you can approve upon her. She's Tobias Harris. Yes, whoever that is. Is that a Sixers player? Yeah. No more Sixers (laughs) references. (laughs) Okay. uh, I'm replacing Ellen Page with the lovely Emma Watson. Emma Watson brings Uh. more charm to the table. She brings more intelligence. I think. And she uh, becomes kind of, a more. She's kind of like a nothing burger. Too she's more. Herself. I think she's more of a. Con- Sean, can you back me up on this, dude? I was thinking of her, but then I was like, everybody always rouse me for always putting him a watch. That's why I picked her for you, bro. Because uh, I know yeah. you, you were gonna no, feel dude, that. I like the shout out. I think she would be perfect for this. She has about just as much personality as Ellen Page does. It's like the same amount of personality. But like, she has more intelligent. Like she would comes across more intelligent, <laughs> and I feel like you know. Ellen Page looks. I know she's probably maybe the right age for the role, but she almost looks younger than she is. So I was watching one scene where I was sort of like, Ellen Page looks like she's fifteen years old around a bunch of forty year old people. Yeah, she just looks like yeah. she's about to cry the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That's just like an energy. Too. It's an energy and like charisma level thing. You just would. She's around all these other charismatic people. Maybe that was people. the idea: is that you put Leo next to her, and that makes Leo look better. That could be. That you could need be. A, it's like you need a straight man kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I guess I recasted her as well. Oh, you did. Yep. But I put Elizabeth Olsen in that role. Oh, interesting. 
Elizabeth Olsen. What was the rationale for that? Same, same thought process. Yeah, I just I've liked her in several movies she's done on the Scarlet Witch. Well, she's done a lot of like indie type movies. Um, Isn't that her Marvel character's name, Scarlet yeah. Witch? Yeah. Why are you laughing at me, Mike? <laughs> just the fact that Sean is referencing indie movies. I was just that's why I was laughing yeah. too. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't hate that. Oh, he's ready. Levi's ready. He's got it. Got to recast a role on lock. Who you got? Let's hear it. I like you. Am not the biggest Leo fan. Mm. Whoa! And so I was looking to replace Respect. Leo to make this movie a lot better. And Ooh. I think I found the. That's perfect. who I'm replacing too. Let's Our, hear. Christopher Pine or Chris Pine to replace Leo. I think he's got the same amount of charisma. He, I think he would be interact well. I just think, and I think he comes off as intelligence and like sales. I think he would be perfect. I dig it. I'm a Chris Pine fan, so I don't. I don't see it. I don't think he's like he's he's not magnetic enough. Really? What? I think he's really. I think if you watch Star Trek, he comes off as really magnetic. Yeah, definitely. Nerds are not watching. <laughs> Those movies rule. There's a scene where they blast Beastie Boys out of the speakers of a spaceship what? at a bunch of aliens to create this this wave that they then surf the spaceship down this what? ship of this, He's not this making wave that up. of That's alien real. ships. Real then, movie. It's incredible. I think Jack Ryan, like if you were like, oh like what role kind of proves that he could do that? I yeah. think Jack Ryan is a great yeah. proof that he could do that. He's a good like he's a good leader guy who's not going to distract too much. He's good at like you need more yeah. holding down that that like, main role, but he's not pulling away interest from like Tom Hardy or something. I don't know if he like pulls off like like I think Leo's going for like emotionally damaged. Like I think that's part of the thing, and I feel like Chris Pine doesn't really do that mm. as much. Yeah, which he's would, never, you know he's leans a, into the whole more business heist movie rather than personal movie. Yeah. Which I would not be opposed to. But, but at the same time, like I don't know, he, he doesn't he hasn't like as much had the chance to play that. Have you seen Hell or High Water? Yeah. 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 Wouldn't you say he's one. doing that in that movie? Yeah. I guess so. Well I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed. While we're on the subject of recasting Leo, you know I had to do it. Nick Cage. No, I'm just kidding. No. It was tempting. It was right there. Wow. Just thinking about it was like an interesting Can I guess thought. Who, you, who you're gonna pick? Yeah. Oh, you were gonna guess? I, wanna, I I bet you're putting Bradley Cooper in there. He was on the list. I had a list wow. of. I had a list. I had a list of Bradley three. Cooper would have been way better than Chris Pine. I can show you. It's literally right here, written in my phone. Bradley Cooper? I question I had mark. Him. Love it. He Pro was on connection. there. Bradley Cooper was one. Bradley Cooper was one. My boy Josh Lucas is another one, but I thought that Josh <laughs> Lucas he's a, he's a little too underground for most people. They probably wouldn't put him in the movie. Um, so not as jo- Michael would say, he's too indie. Yeah, what I ended up on though is an interesting uh, proposition. I have Michael Fassbender. I like Love him. It. I like Michael Fassbender. Love it. I think Michael yeah. Fassbender can do everything that Leo he could does. Work. Yeah, everything Leo does in this movie, but do it better and not have the same annoying face or like voice. It. Like it, yeah. I think he's good. Yeah, I know issues there. Hitting it out of the park once again. <laughs> Here's a. I was thinking, going back to my business perspective, the Browning guy, Tom Berenger, he's fine, but he's not not that intimidating of a, a threat. Ooh. I'm putting in Michael Douglas, Wall Street. <laughs> I love it. Money I never love sleeps. It. I Put love that guy it. in. I'm scared of him. Yeah. I don't want to go up against him in business. 
That's my recast. Straight weaselly snake. I love it. I feel like those are the same exact guys. So I feel like <laughs> it's an old wrinkly white guy in a in a suit with one of those like white collar shirts. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I was, but I like it. Didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I like it. I like uh, it. No, I dig that for sure. Michael Douglas. That's a good call. That's a good call. That's a good one. For a while, I was trying to figure out how to get where to get. Matthew McConaughey in there. I was like, where mm. can we get him in here? And I couldn't find a spot. The yeah. son. Swap him out for the uh, Fisher. You can swap him out for the Matthew. dad. Too. <laughs> you can play either <laughs> one. Dad. You could have him be the... I could see him... You know, you'd have to rewrite it a little bit. Like, he could be the scientist behind the sedatives. Like, talking about that, I feel like he could be that guy. I thought about maybe bumping Tom Hardy up to Leo's role and Ooh. him taking Eames' role. That's interesting. That's very interesting. It's funny, like, messing with a movie of this caliber. It's like, yeah. this movie is so great. It's, it's so like, us it's, idiots are yeah. just sitting around. How do we make this movie even better? <laughs> you know what the answer is? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, all right. I mean, could he, couldn't he just play Leo's role? Like, I thought about that. I just thought he would have some issues, like, Maybe like delivering lines or some coming off as I like, mean, as intelligent. I think Leo has some issues delivering lines, but maybe that's just me. But I, I mean, you think Nolan had him in Interstellar, so I think there is a degree where he's supposed yeah, to be smart right, astronaut right. guy there. Yeah, and it works. I'd love to see that. Yeah, him or Bradley Cooper. I'd look. Bradley Cooper would be. I, I struggle with the Bradley Cooper. Not a fan. No, I lo- I love Bradley Cooper. I just I I can't see him in that in role. This role. Yeah. There is sort of like an underlying like smirk to Bradley Cooper, I think, that, I don't know, just something about him. There's nothing like, funny about Leo in this movie. Yeah. And there's like a little bit something yeah. funny yeah. about Bradley Cooper. Something about Bradley Cooper is always just a little bit like, even in like A Star is Born where he's playing this like tragic figure, there's something about him that's still like a little like, yeah, this guy likes to have a good time, you know? <laughs> yeah. He definitely has the, the charisma and the magnetism though. like you definitely yeah. are like... I feel like who doesn't like Bradley Cooper? Yeah, that's true. Uh, before we get to miscellaneous questions, just a quick thing that bothered me: um, Mall in the original scene with, like, in the Sioto's uh, uh, palace, she cocks this Sioto. gun that can't be cocked. Okay, it's one of those guns that, like, <laughs> if you ever if you know anything about guns, and I don't know much about guns, but I know that you have revolvers and you have certain <laughs> types of guns that have a hammer that you could pull back with your thumb and it cocks it. The guns that she's using are and this will be on damage control. Maybe Levi knows the ones where you pull back the slide, and there's this little tiny hammer that's like, in like it's in the slide, and you you really to get like your thumbnail in there. Like you cannot cock that thing, and and Leo does it too with his, and it's like I thought that was kind of that's a dumb. That's just supposed to show how much of a psychopath she is. Yeah, that bothered me. But um, this has been our Smith and Wesson moment with Rudolph. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, Shouts okay. to Smith and Wesson, sponsor the pod. Here's my question: This the, the Fisher guy, okay? He's so rich that this guy Sioto is willing to Saito Saito is willing to go to the ends of the earth to get <laughs> him to break, control. He's willing to go to the ends of the earth to break up the family, and yet he flies commercial first class. Even like I know it's first class, but he still doesn't own like a private jet. Yeah. Well, they it was I just think, so weird looking at the guy like with the holding the Fisher sign, like waiting, like he doesn't have a limo that's picking him up. <laughs> he needs to fly well, a commercial. Well, private jets as well known in like 2012. Yeah, maybe I'm, that maybe they dude, were. I, I thought so. they I thought they mentioned in pa- maybe I'm making this up. I thought they mentioned in passing though that they like kind of like trashed his somehow. Or they yeah, like they're gonna tamper. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna tamper to with force his. Him onto the first yeah. class. 
okay. I thought no, they tried to explain it. No right? wonder he's so peeved on the plane. He's like, well, I'm with all yeah, these peasants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, his dad just died. He's not peeved. He's like, you have distraught. to sit with the pores. <laughs> he's distraught. He's not peeved. Okay, fine, whatever. I I don't really. I I mean, I brought up my question earlier um, about them putting the, all the houses <laughs> next to each other, but. Other than that, I'm, the only thing I really have in my notes that we didn't touch on is I just have a, n- a note here that just says, I really have to pay attention. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that one, but... If there is like a, <laughs> a subtitle for this movie, I think that's what it would be. <laughs> Inception. You really have to pay attention. I think my question is, why does... If Dom knows he's a risk, why does he go in at all? Like, what does he bring to the table that he needs to be there? He needs to be there. Yeah, I don't know. Mr. Charles. He's just an ops guy. Just straight. (laughs) I know it's my way or the highway, and I know the way. (laughs) Ops guy. He's directing. He's got to direct. But, like, you have a plan, right? Like, eh, I don't know. Like, work the plan. Like, I I get maybe you were really good at it at one point, and maybe you're good at identifying talent at it, but, like, you don't have to go in, you know. Just be like the director. He probably has. Didn't a- Ellen Page bring that up that it's too risky for him to go? Yeah, over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Please do not go. Please do not go. He's, he's like, just no, too much of an ego guy. He's probably to the set, to that. He's probably yeah. It's like he's like at that point, like in the, in the NBA, you know, where you get these stars that you get Carmelo on your team, and he feels like he needs to be starting the game, <laughs> and it's like Carmelo, you shouldn't be starting. You're bad at basketball. Yeah. But he, in his head, he doesn't know that, so he still feels like he should be starting the starting yeah, every that's game. A comparison. Comparison. You're, you're a net liability to the team. Yeah, here. like your brand is stronger than your your ability. Dom is the Carmelo of the Inception crew. <laughs> Well, the that, late 2010s Carmelo. That brings me to another question about Dom. Is Dom actually futuristic Frank Abagnale Jr.? Okay, hear me out. <laughs> what? He's a he's a thief. Okay, he's constantly on the run from the authorities, and he's running around the world. And it, not a little too much of a stretch. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> I don't know if I'm following that that logic. It's basically just Leo pulling heists. It's Leo pulling heists, running away from the police, trying to be caught, evading being caught. I could see it. I could see it. (laughs) Thanks, Sean. Me and Sean. (laughs) Sean, we should start our own podcast. (laughs) We just agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, the opportunity I've been looking for is to finally start my Transformers podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to answer whether we think that he's still in the dream or not in the end? Dude, he's definitely you bring not. it up. What do you think, Levi? I feel like the first couple times I watched it, I was like, "Oh, he's not in the dream. He's not in the dream." And then I think, if I was being realistic, I'm like, it kind of looks like he's in the dream. You really? Know what I mean? So is he? Would he be in limbo then when he spins that top and to look out at his kids? Like, where is he at yeah, then? If he, so. if he is in the dream, that's always my been my question. Because it seems like in limbo, mm. nobody's there. Yeah. But when he spins the top at the end, if he would. Have to be in limbo, right? Yeah. I thought the answer was that Michael Caine is never in his dreams. So the fact that he's present at the end means that it's not a dream. I just think there's no like ex. There's no uh, justification for him being in a dream because they actually they were in the different various layers of dream. Unless the whole thing was a dream the whole time, which breaks all the rules that they established for themselves. Yeah, I think. Or does it? 
Or they're in the Matrix. <laughs> I feel like it Is was Leo added the to one? the movie just oh, to add it. There we go. Keanu for Leo. <laughs> Swap. <laughs> no? no? I'm the only one. Th- okay. No. no Cuz so. I'm the only one that digs that. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about your conspiracy theory that you were talking about before? About Tenet? Oh. No. So yeah, there's this uh there's this conspiracy theory going around right now in regards to Tenet. If you watch the trailer for Tenet, um there's two prominent characters in the movie that both have lighter or blonde colored hair that are around the same age. One is portrayed by Robert Pattinson, the other is portrayed by another popular actress whose name is escaping me at the moment. But there is a conspiracy going around that these two characters would be uh philippa and what's his his son's name anthony a less dumb name philippa what kind of name is philippa <laughs> philippa and uh charles Char- john is that yeah, something it's anthony i think feel like it's like anthony. something english yeah but anyway this conspiracy is that those james those two actors are dom's those two characters are dom's kids in the future and tenet is a continuation of Inception. Do we buy into this theory? No. Elizabeth Debicki. No, it's not her. There's a different actress. <laughs> Clemence Posey. That might be it. Yeah, I like to think that it could be true, but I... I why not? I it's like it's like future Inception. Like not that it's Inception, like the next level of Inception... They got beyond dreams. Now they created time warping abilities. I just don't think that Christopher Nolan would do the same concept for a movie twice in a row. That wasn't also like a Batman Michael Caine's in Tenet, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's just really so old. He's like, yeah, super old. Well, maybe I don't know. ten years older. But we're gonna talk to our grandfather. I think too. Like, I don't think. I feel like you'd have a tough time having a business sign off on not naming it Inception 2. Here yeah, we go. That's true. Classic Micah move. It's a good point. It's a valid point. So Chris, if anyone could pull it off, I guess it would be Christopher Nolan and uh, M. Night did it, right, with his movies? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess it's possible. Does he have, like, unlimited social cal- capital? Or not social capital, but does he just have, like, free reign of Hollywood? I can do whatever like, I want. Christopher Nolan can yep. make literally any movie he wants right now. Oh, yeah. So that I was trying to that was that was gonna be one of my questions though, but is what is the movie that Christopher Nolan would pitch to a studio that they would be like, no, you can't make that for us. The Gremlins Four. Gremlins Four. <laughs> Barney Gremlins 4. the movie. <laughs> make keep America great again. The Donald Trump <laughs> documentary. <laughs> Donald Trump story. I don't, I think he could. I literally think he could make any of those if he wanted to. If he went to a studio and was like, "I want to do this," and I'm going to slap my name on it. They'd be like, "Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> let's let's concept art it." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send it down to marketing. Get that press release out. Let's go to the Hamptons and have a weekend about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think he he would literally be allowed to do anything. I mean, if he wanted to do Sesame Street. A new season of Sesame Street? Like, yeah, sure, let's do it. He just got free reign. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to the most important question of all. Is this top 20? Rudy, starting with you. Starting with 20. me. This is genuinely a top 20 movie. Ooh. It's on my list. I'll put it on there. 
It'll be on there. I'll make sure it's on there. It's a top 20 movie. Every time I watch it, learn new things. Mine's reblown. Yeah. Reblown mind. The reblown mind is definitely on the top 20. <laughs> Sean, is it top 20 for you? Oh, it's right on the cusp. I'll get it I in there. I top 30. included my top 20. Get it in there. So it's in It's in consideration. I'm trying to figure out what my favorite Nolan movie is. I feel like you should know the answer, Sean. If we're going to ask you the question. I mean, you don't need... It's not about representation. It's just about which movies are your favorite, you know? How about business bad boys? I feel you. You got it in the got it in the top twenty, top ten. Ooh, top ten! Wow. Yeah, I think it's definitely top twenty. I don't know about. I don't have a list, so I don't know. But it's it's solidly up there. Like I think, for all the reasons I was kind of making fun of it at the beginning, I think it's kind of true. Like it's just a yeah. good movie, and it checks a lot of boxes. That's and why it works. I think the rewatch, you know, the rewatch, having seen it as many times as I have, and still enjoying it, I think is, you know, speaks to the quality of it. Yeah, I agree. It's top my it's my top twenty as well. I think it's it's in the the bottom tier of my top twenty, but it's in the top twenty. Um, I don't. I actually shuffled my top twenty around to put it in there today. It wasn't before today's rewatch, but then I was rewatching it and I was like, "This is stupid. This has to be in the top yeah. twenty. This movie's so good. It holds up so well." Can I, I think, and it's just incredible. Can I ask you what movie you replaced it with? That's uh no. That oh, that's that, secret. We'll talk about it after the pod. It, no, it, it knocked uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, oh out. <laughs> That's why you didn't want to say there was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That was you know, there's a heat check for that movie. Um, I saw it in theaters. It's incredible. It's still incredible. And that movie just got knocked down to the very top of my top thirty. <laughs> wow. So that that got bumped down to like twenty one or something on the list. But pretty sure I was there with you when you watched that in theaters. <laughs> Definitely not that high. <laughs> Some people just don't appreciate uh, complex cinema. What can I say? Well, real quick, before we wrap it up, just want to touch on one more thing. Since this was a very Christopher Nolan-centric episode, we thought we'd do do some more lists. We've each constructed a, a list of Christopher Nolan movies and how our rankings for them, and we're just going to roll them over and see if we can come to some sort of, again, come to some sort of general consensus on top five Christopher Nolan movies. So how do you guys want to do this? Should we, I think we should say the whole list. Should we, everybody go through and one at a time, each person say their whole list. Does he have 10 movies? Yeah, he has 10. I've only seen If you go to his Wikipedia page and go to his filmography on Wikipedia page, I've seen only his seven most recent films. Yeah, if I I hadn't seen the movie, I just put it at the bottom. And so, I mean, I'll start with my, oh, someone else can start with their list first, but I I put Insomnia and Following. There's two that he directed that I haven't seen. I put them at the bottom, so just purely out of... I've never seen them either. Yeah. I haven't either. Sean, I want to hear Sean's. Yeah, Sean, let's let's start with you here. What do you what do you have for the official your official Christopher Nolan movie ranking? You want me to go through the whole list? Yeah, start with uh whatever wherever the bottom is, start with that and work your way to the top. Okay. I have not seen Insomnia or Memento. So those are at the bottom. And then Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, Dunkirk. Interstellar, The Prestige, Inception, The Dark Knight. 
Boom. I'll go next. All right, let's hear yours, Rudy. Also haven't seen Memento or Insomniac. Is that what it's called? Insomnia. Um, mine is The Dark Knight Rises, last. The Prestige, Interstellar, Batman Begins, Dunkirk, Inception, and I also have as number one, Batman Dark Knight. Wow. Levi? Did you, did you put one together? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had not seen Insomnia or Falling, so those are my bottom two. Uh, number eight, Batman Begins. Uh, before that, Memento. The Dark Knight Rises. The Prestige. Dunkirk. Interstellar. The Dark Knight. Inception. Okay, so you have Memento ahead of Batman Begins? Yeah. I, I don't really have that much of a history with Batman Begins. Like I didn't see it in theaters. and like I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the Batman Begins like A to Z. I think I've just like seen it on TV yeah. and bits and pieced it way through. Yeah. Gotcha. Micah, did you put yours together? Yeah, but it's very much a, a liquid thing. So the one thing I felt comfortable doing is putting Memento at the bottom of the list. Like, I haven't mm. seen the insomnia and following, but Memento yeah. was very much like not enjoyable. <laughs> um, after that, I'm just kind of what I had is The Prestige, Dunkirk, Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, which is a lot higher than most of you, and then Interstellar and Inception. So, so you have all the so Batman's together. Batman Begins came in, put it came in to your top three. Yeah, I just I think I like that one the best. Just best of it's the Dark the most, Nights. Like I don't know. I feel like it was. It doesn't get enough credit. I feel like for being like an original superhero movie because I think this was this predated yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it was more influential than people want to give it credit for. I think it was just a good movie. I, w- I want to go the train. I will defend the Dark Knight Rises. I think that is a solid, oh, yeah. solid, really good movie. Here's here's my list coming up right here. We got at the bottom. I've got Memento, but then right right beneath it. Well, Ins- Insomnia and Following are obviously at the bottom, but at seven and eight, uh, Memento, and then the Prestige at seven. What? Yeah, Prestige. Not a huge Jackman fan. What? Really like wow. pretty pretty far okay, out. Of, pretty far out. Of, this, pretty geez. far out on you. <laughs> Holy cow, man! Have Does, you seen do the Greatest Showman? Yeah, I have. I have not, but I have zero interest in ever watching that movie. I think I'd rather rather watch Parasite than watch uh, Greatest Showman. Anyway, let me what? finish. Let Dude, me let it finish. <laughs> Uncle Christian, Uncle Christian is gonna have some serious problems with these takes right now. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Prestige listeners, Elijah. Prestige is overrated. I I think the only the plus side of Prestige is that it came out and it was um, a little bit of like a showing of the type of movies that Christopher Nolan wanted to be making, and he wanted to make these movies that you know you were thinking about walking out of the theater. And so and it it's and same with Memento. They both function as like sort of an early look at you know, what Christopher Nolan was going to eventually become. And then I have all the Batmans lumped together as well. But my order for those goes um, Dark Knight at third, Dark Knight Rises above that, and then Batman Begins above that one. (laughs) Why are you squinting and shaking your head at me? The Joker Joker is only one of those movies, and you have it. I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan of the Joker. Not a big fan of the Joker as a character. The Joker is your perfect... Super villain. He's the guy who has no reason to be bad. He's just bad for the sake of being bad. The perfect guy to hate, objectively. Because he's crazy. Because he's nuts. 
Whatever, it's just not dude. pleasant. There's nothing about that movie that's enjoyable. I think I saw it one time. Didn't have a good time watching it. Why am I going to watch something I don't have a good time watching? You know, I'm not even going to put that in my like, you know. It's just I'm just I just felt like that's probably a top ten movie for me. Depressed and uncomfortable. It's not the way I want to feel when I watch a movie. Whatever, man. I'm not watching The Dark Knight. Um, it's similar to this is just like watching like wow, this is a good movie and just like. I just think it just seems well written and just it seems like it was just wow. I like the concept of that. He's like, let's make heat, but make it a, a superhero movie. I like <laughs> that concept. But if I want to see heat, I'll just watch heat, you know, <laughs> like so I can understand why people like it. But for me personally, it's just not my favorite. So I have Dark Knight, the lowest Then Dark Knight Rises. Like Levi said, I think that's a little bit underrated over the years it just sort of got you know bashed on unnecessarily and then batman begins for the same reason micah said i think it was more influential and then the, my top three have at three dunkirk two interstellar inception number one i'm surprised you didn't have dunkirk higher honestly me too it was it's very so if i'm like plotting them on a on a line it's inceptions way at the top and then dunkirk and, and interstellar are pretty close to each other um I wasn't a big fan of Interstellar. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah. It was a great movie. It was like cool. It was exciting, but it was just like very nihilistic and very like dark and kind of confusing. <laughs> kind of like The Dark Knight? Maybe? <laughs> no, because The Dark Knight had good dark, versus evil. Nihilistic. It was good versus evil. Interstellar was like, we're our own god and like that's no. all that there is. We're not. Well, it's like, we are, we're, we are the aliens. <laughs> that's not, that's what it was. I think Interstellar. I like. I think the more like the more I've seen it, the more I like like it, and the more yeah, I grow. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, it grows on you for yeah. sure. Maybe I haven't seen enough. You should go watch it again. I'll watch it every day next week. <laughs> Check I just back think next, it's next a episode. it's it's a cinematic feat too. I think it it just looks incredible. Like in the well. surprise cameo, and then the the relativity like science time thing is really interesting yeah it keeps you keeps you in yeah and you're you're just thinking about the space time continuum wormholes yeah it's like pinnacle science fiction yeah he he took science it, sci-fi and made it's it like prestige. a better 2001 a space odyssey yeah exactly better ad astra you know all oh, that movie's terrible <laughs> we're really getting all that's a different topic for a different day. well let's let's try and narrow down the top three let's see what do we what is where's a common ground let's find some common ground we we're all about you know connecting here inception belongs in the top three. we're all saying inceptions in the top yeah. three do we think inceptions like the consensus number one did everyone so everyone had inception in their top three did everyone have Dark Knight in the top three? Was I the only one that didn't have that top three? Mike, it didn't. I had it four. Mike had it four. So I had it two. So I had it one. Sean had it one. Levi had it two. I think it's in the top three then. Yeah. It's got to be. It's so what's, be three. what rounds it out? It's rounding out that top three. Interstellar? Is it Interstellar? Where did you have Interstellar on your list? I'm kind of the outlier. I had it fifth. I had it at four. Five, four. Where'd you guys have? I had what about three. Dunkirk? I had two for Interstellar. I had, I had Interstellar two as well. I had Dunkirk at four. That's probably the top three then. Interstellar. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay, <laughs> but can we put Interstellar three? It'd be yeah, it'd be Inception, Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Interstellar. Interstellar. Fine. Yeah, I think that's a okay. decent list. I'm feeling really. I gotta say, after watching this movie, I'm feeling really good about Tenet. I think. 
Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a weird it's, place it's to be in because because my expectations are high, but at the same time, I'm also ready to just like take whatever it is that Christopher Nolan's going to throw at me. You know, like I'm just kind of like ready for whatever it's going to be. And I don't know that I, you know, I don't know that I'm like super, uh, I don't know that I'm going to be disappointed by it. I don't see how I could be disappointed by it. By getting this hyped. That's exactly how you could be disappointed I by it. I think though, like it, it helps if you're going into a movie and you like the actors. Like I think you, yeah, exactly. I think that helps a lot with like, you're predisposed to exactly. like it. Two of my favorites are Pats and John David Washington. I've already bought the stock, so just, just <laughs> from, <in here>. ballers. <laughs> from ballers. From ballers. <laughs> John wow. David Washington of Ballers. Noted Ballers fame. <laughs> well, boys, it's been real. It's been real. Mike and Levi, thank you for joining us today on short notice. Sean, thank you for staying up late for us. Um, drive safe on your your road trip on vacation tomorrow. You're Rudy, welcome, guys. This is thanks, been fun. The thanks Megapod. for making the trip down to Pennsylvania to uh, be in person for an episode recording. We're just so excited for the mega so That's gonna be uh, something else. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't don't. Uh, this is like the ultra sode. What's bigger, ultra or mega? <laughs> This is like the Avengers assemble to the end game. That's eventually coming. Yes. <laughs> uh, For next week's episode, everybody, go home, do your homework. We're watching. We're talking about A Knight's Tale. Whoa. Whoa. We're going to have a special guest, perhaps. Yeah, bringing in more special guests. Our, our special guest is very charged up to discuss A Knight's Tale. He might be more prepared than we would be if we're going to be to talk about it. So should be a really interesting dynamic. But I'm very excited to listen to that. Yeah. Because I've seen A Knight's Tale, and I do not understand how anyone could be so passionate about that movie. <laughs> well, next week's guest is fired up for Knight's Tale. Um, so that's the movie. Everybody watch it before the episode drops. Um, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, shouts to everybody. As always. Yeah, as always. As always. Be sure to uh, keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keep it conceptual. Keep it loose. (laughs) Way to go, Micah. Here we go, Levi. Keep it loose. uh, (laughs) loose. I'm a little bit bummed, though, you know. I thought we were going to get some money for this. I don't believe a lady has to explain anything to a man this ugly. What was that? I'll break the football C4, sir. What's your record for consecutive questions asked? In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Hope you get a lot of work, holidays included. Dance yourselves into beautiful nervous breakdowns.